Welcome to the Conditional Release Program in the year of our Lord 2022. Happy New Year, listeners. And as you know, this is a podcast that delves into the nether world of cults, crims, and con artists. We don't like these people in the shows. We believe the best way to expose them is to hold them up to a harsh light, point our index fingers in their general direction and mock them mercilessly, take them down a peg or two until they cease to exist in any other form than the shit on our shoes. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joel Hill, and this week I am with COVID. I don't mm. have COVID. I mm. don't own a COVID. I'm just with it. And we are spending some quality time together, let me tell you. Yes, Joel has the plague, but he refuses to wear the bell around his neck that I gave him, which means we won't know when he's approaching. Ah, here he comes! (laughs) Omicron is everywhere in Australia, and the only reason Joel knows he has it is because he did the right thing, did a rat, went and got tested with a PCR, and it was told by the government that he was wasting their time and our money and to fuck off home and sleep it off. Yeah, that's absolutely exactly how it played out. But honestly, this is a bastard of a virus. I, like many others, put myself into this fabled asymptomatic category of these divine indigo children that would just like hardly notice COVID infection. I'm going to be asymptomatic. You know, I'm young, I'm vaccinated. Yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, I'll just have to test and find out whether I've got it. Uh, no. That's the first two days. After that, you feel like you're hit by a truck. Yeah, I was asymptomatic in my infectious period before I fucking died inside. Yeah, COVID is not a joke. It's not, not asymptomatic. Not it's asymptomatic not. then. After the first two days, it's very fucking symptomatic. I just hate the people are saying this. Yeah, look, it's no joke, but you you getting it has been quite funny. Yeah? Yes. It's a bit like your teammate getting hit in the nuts from a fast bowler. <laughs> he doesn't find it funny, but everyone else thinks it's hilarious. Yeah, fair. You become a statistic, Joel, and a statistic that the Perrottet government finds inconvenient. Mm. A while Australia lapses into a failed state with pathology and healthcare systems at breaking point, the conditional release program is here to poke fun at it all before popping out to the airport to wave goodbye to Novak Djokovic. See you, Novak! And we will wave hello to our new patrons. And there's been a few because it's been ages since we recorded. I think we missed them last week. Karen, Michael, Eric, Jack, David, Louise, John, Rachel, Toby, Tom, Fanjet, David, Anthony, Jennifer, Animos, if that's your real name, Thomas and Sean. (laughs) Fucking hell. Welcome, welcome all. Thank you very much. I don't think we actually said we'd be saying the name of $5 Reese, but I mean, I love you all. Fuck it. So whatever. But shit, the plane is leaving. So we better get moving, start waving goodbye to Novak Fuckerface and give a warm welcome to the Conditional Release Program's Weekly News. And we kick off the conditional release program's news today with a question. Should COVID-positive folk like Joel wear bells around their necks so the rest of us can hear them coming? Yes. With the New South Wales and federal governments vacating the battlefield, how else would we know if people have COVID? Fair. Joel, you have the plague. Tell our listeners what it's like to get COVID and if you should be treated like the filthy, plague-riddled rodent you are, yes. cast off into a fence, quarry with the rest of your mates and fed gruel, dumped into it by a bulldozer once every couple of days, if we can find the staff. Yeah, they're all furloughed because they're all sick. So, look, obviously the most important and interesting news story this week is my code infection. Step aside, well, world politics, don't care. Oh, you're invading the Ukraine. Oh, don't care. I got COVID. So, just like my experience with Prilly 
police brutality. Once I'm subject to something, it becomes real and it becomes, <laughs> it becomes newsworthy. It and becomes a fixation. Yeah. Until then, it's just, uh, it's whatever. I'll be talking about this for a while. No, but, no, I Because, see, I, got, I managed to get infected just as it went fully mainstream, but just before. You're such a joiner, Joel. No, 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 no. People are people now oppose us. Before this point, people getting COVID was like that freak show oh, thing. You, well, you think you're sort of avant-garde infection. Mate, mate I, I heard of this band before you even came out of your mum's womb. <laughs> so, like, you know, but that's the thing. Like, you know, people got COVID and you like you had to message them and ask them what it's like. You're like, what happened? Oh man, like what's yeah, going it's been on? A bit of that. You've you've had quite a lot of questions I've seen on but various yeah, social media things. How are you? You know, tell us what it's like. I just got in in the cool bit. Now everyone's going to have it, and everyone, no, no one's going to be asking you questions Boring. if you get it next week or two, mate. You are tomorrow's news, and no one cares. Whereas people are still quite curious about my situation. So once again, as a professional clout chaser, oh, Indiana Jones that shit, but <laughs> very, very quickly becoming yet another whinging dickhead with COVID. So um, I'm enjoying my moment in the sun. It's great. Oh, I'm, famous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. minutes. And look, I didn't even have to do anything to get it. All I had to do is just move house. <laughs> Well, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking more and more it was Bunnings. We'll talk about that later. But my mate Candace got it recently and she copped it really, really oh, good. This was one of those sort of things where it was like a preview of what's ahead. But I think she had Delta. But Ouch. she like hearing about her situation, I was like, fuck, man, I'm getting that boost a big time. But I booked it. Didn't quite make it there. You were only a couple of days away, weren't you? Oh, mate, it's a couple. Of, it's about a week and a bit now. But like, right. the irony of it is that I was so busy during this period. Liz and I had planned to have like a a big fun week this week where we we're going to go and do all sorts of cool shit, and then we're going away on the weekend, which is not looking great. And then nah, I'd, um, I'd be cancelling that. It's it's an interesting one because I'm actually out of uh, I'm on parole on Saturday, so we'll see how we go on Sunday. But anyway, okay. Um, but uh, basically. Um, uh, the booster shot was something like the 14th or some shit. And right. I thought, you know what? I'm too busy. I've got all this cool stuff planned and I don't want to get tired from the booster and ruin our week together or any of that sort of stuff. So I'll do it after when I've got a bit of time. Mm. Well, yeah, yeah. That, that didn't work out. Good plan. That didn't work out. Yeah, it was Good great. Good plan. But look, okay, so I'll cut the bullshit. As for symptoms, it is absolutely wild. It's a wild ride where you just strap yourself in and you basically just jump on a roller coaster. Because at first, you get sort of light symptoms, but if you're anything like anyone I know, you'll do mental gymnastics to justify the symptoms. You'll say it's anything but COVID because you're tired, you're sore from the gym, that's why your muscles hurt, your throat's sore because you've been, I don't know, yelling at clouds, but you've got COVID. Like if you think you've got COVID, you've got COVID. So like good friend of the podcast, Sonny Brown, he had a sore throat and he did a rapid antigen test and he came up positive. This was the day he was due to visit his elderly aunt who's like 90 something. Wow. And that that little stick basically saved her life. But yeah. the thing is, is he'd been working that week and he's like an MMA coach. So he's been, you know, I don't know, yelling at people to punch each other or something. And like it makes sense that your throat could be a bit scratchy after a big week. Well, no, it was fucking COVID. If you think you have COVID, you probably have COVID. Like I thought mine was a hangover because it was New Year's Day when it kicked in. And I felt a bit sore from moving as I've been sort of running around with fairly heavy things, you know. So like, of course my muscles are fucking sore. Yeah. But, you know, it was kind of- house, Moving house is so exhausting. It's yeah. sore work. But the thing is, is that also it, it was New Year's Day. I had a few tins on New Year's Eve. As one does. We stayed in though, because it was like, you know, the move was pretty hectic. Fucking thank God we did. But I just thought it was a hangover, you know? And then, holy shit, it's like it does not fuck around. So 
between the moment you think you've got COVID and the moment you know you've got COVID is like about a neighbor's episode. Like you just get absolutely floored. Like by the afternoon, I was sicker than I've been in a long time. It was hard to know whether it was from the move or from illness, but everything ached, but the fever came on and the fever was a bastard and you knew that wasn't some sort of muscle pain. And like Sydney summer and I'm under the blankets and my bones are cold and I'm covered in sweat. I mean, like it's a fever, mate. So Sounds, sounds fun. So my, far. Brain felt like it was in one of those like, hyperbaric chambers, just getting absolutely compressed. My frontal lobe, whatever the fuck that even is, the front of my head, <laughs> but frontal lobe headaches front of your head. yeah. are evil. And it just would just come and go. Like you'd just be like, oh, wow, I'm feeling better. Yeah, Bam, okay. head pain. Bang. Fuck you. My eyes had that grainy feeling, like they're covered in sand, like fine sand, and just wanted to sleep. And I did for hours and hours on end. And I couldn't really watch anything meaningful. And I'll get into that later because you just fall asleep. But I grabbed a rapid test from the box and was fucking negative. So, and this is what I said on Twitter. Like, am I the only idiot in Australia with the flu? It was like, what the fuck? So Liz stuck around and doted on me and gave me wet towels and all sorts of nice sort of thing. And we just thought it was a bullshit second-rate virus. But the next day, the symptoms just persisted, if not ratcheted up. And it just didn't make any sense. I'm like, nah, I'm doing another test. And this one was a different kind of test. It was a German one from Roche. And it came up positive. And at that point, Liz uh, politely made her exit, which I'm really thankful for because she let her test a negative, which is really good. Oh, so she's been negative throughout? Yeah, she's cool. Um, She got a PCR test and she went nice, let it in another house. So that was really good. Um, And look, it's really hard to say when I got it. We had those movers from Coogee to help us on the 30th and my symptoms started on the 1st and that's a little bit too soon. It's only a couple of days. It's meant to be three days basically at the lowest. Before that, it's basically just coals and bunnings at home. So it could have been fucking Bunnings, and that's yeah. embarrassing as shit. I mean, I guess it's sort of like an Australian rite of passage to get COVID from Bunnings, but fucking Bunnings? Like, I wasn't out licking the dance floor at the bowling club, <laughs> and I still got fucking COVID. But, but anyway. But in a sense, it really doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't It doesn't really matter where you get it from. You know, no. in, the, in, the, in the days of Alpha, Beta, Delta, it, it, it really, you know, those things really mattered. You now, know, where you everywhere. got it from. But really, it's just like, eh, got it maybe from Bunnings, not sure. But it, it does say, like, don't fuck around. Like, I was wearing masks. I wasn't exactly going around and rooting the checkout chicks. But, like, yeah, you know, know, I still mm. got it. So, you know, don't don't fuck around. Like, you know, get in and out. Things are weird. Plagues everywhere. Perite sucks, blah, blah, blah. So, look, as far as it goes with COVID, it sucks and you're going to get sick. I'm on day five and I'm feeling the absolute end of it, but I'm almost there. I'm still not there. I'm almost there. The first few days are absolutely shit, but the symptoms, they go and they come really quickly. Like you'll suddenly have like a headache and you think like, oh my God, I'm never going to get rid of this. And then it'll be gone and the fever will kick in, but then the fever will go and then your nose is, your nose fills up with mucus and then your nose clears up, but then you start, you know, start coughing and then you can't taste anything. Like I am, my taste is a bit fucked, but I think it's Omicron because it hasn't really hit my chest much. I feel like someone maybe put like a small book on my chest, but it's not an anvil. You know, like I've coughed like five times over the past few days. My respiratory tract is a little bit gooey. And, you know, if I sneeze, I'm like, oh, wow, cleared me out a little bit. because Your, gets, gets your bronchus. My bronchies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's apparently where Omicron hits, but doesn't that's, go, generally speaking, doesn't hit the lungs as hard. I, as, I reckon as I'm Delta feeling does. that. But then again, I could be getting some weird sort of, you know, like a placebo effect from all the shit that I read. But 
the other thing, of course, of getting tested, it's complete crapshoot. Going early is pretty much the only way to guarantee you get a test. But now that daddy government doesn't give a shit about your notifiable illness anymore because they've all turned into libertarian lunatics, like they just just get a wrap. Don't even bother telling anyone. Don't, just stay home yeah, exactly. if you want. Like this I mean, is, this is the way it goes. Don't yeah. inconvenience yourself. You know, if you want to just nip down the shops. Don't worry about it. I'm sure it's fine. What? So, look, if you don't have a rapid test or you really want to, like, you know, get full, like, confirmation of it, drive-throughs are really cool but hard to get a slot. And let's face it, at the end of the day, testing, as far as I'm concerned, is a little bit overrated. Because if you have this rapid test or no, PCR test or no, you're going to know about it. This whole asymptomatic thing, as I said, is total fucking bullshit. Yeah, you don't have symptoms for the first couple of days, but then you feel like you've been shot by a tank. Like, the idea of asymptomatic infection is beyond me. Maybe I'm talking out of line, or maybe people do walk around with this not noticing they're infected. That sounds fucking insane. I think they're reptiles, and I think it's pretty much proved that David Icke was right all along. Because if you don't notice COVID, something is either really right with you or really wrong with you, because this thing's fucked. But if you think you've got COVID, you probably do. I think that's the best rule to go by. If you don't have a rapid test and you can't find a test uh, somewhere else, isolate and wait a day. Guess what? You're going to find out real fucking quick whether that scratchy throat is COVID because either the scratchy throat goes away because it is some transient cold bug or you get a fever and you want to die because you got fucking COVID. But at that point, unfortunately, the last thing you want to do is get a test. You don't want to leave the couch. The, like, the front door fills you with fear. But that's the thing. The government doesn't give a shit anymore. Nope. So, look, you know, the, the main thing you need to do now, as they say, is get better. So don't wait in line for hours of the fever. If you think you've got COVID, you fucking do. Yeah, look, the first thing to say is that, you know, not everyone is symptomatic. So, so there, there are people who are just plain old asymptomatic. David Boone, for Reptiles. example. Reptiles. Reptiles, a, 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 all reptiles. A, a hard unit. And um, my own, it, it, it has it couldn't he couldn't sit as the match referee for the Sydney Test because he had asymptomatic COVID, which makes me worry. You know that David Boone could get you know some sort of you know he could he could be the base of some horrible variant because he's just so hard. You know, <laughs> uh, you know the Victor Bravo variant, the Reptile. the Green Demon variant. Reptile. Where, where everyone feels like they've just drunk 36 cans of VB. Isn't it 52? Um, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he did 52, of course, yeah. yeah. But what you're saying about the rat testing is absolutely right. So rat testing is reliable, or RA, RA testing is is yes. is reliable, um, uh, but where it's where it, where it can drop out com- compared to a PCR test is is basically one day either side of your of your being uh, or of you ha- of you having infection. So that's when you say have you know wait that day and then to the uh, then do the RAT. That's just about spot on. Yeah, yeah, and like basically one thing is you're, <coughs> you're probably going to get it. So there's my like ninth cough. Um, but a little bit of prepping goes a long way. Um, look, one thing I would recommend you get is a bunch of soup, you know, just like those little like faux pouches. They are great because it's just like I just really wanted soup. Maybe it'll be different, but that's what I really wanted. And bottled mm. water is really good. I've been mean, drinking bottled water and it's so funny because you can see how many bottles you've drunk and how much fluid you've taken in. And I'm rocking about five liters a day. Um, so <laughs> that's apparently a yeah, good that's thing. Yeah, that's probably about twice. Well, with your beer intake, I'm not quite sure. But, but yes. yeah, that's probably what someone your 
uh, gender and size should be drinking twice of what you should be drinking. Yeah, and there's there's no ring pools today because I'm not drinking because the idea of no. crazy. <laughs> sadly, I'm sadly, terrified. sadly, Joel's but, is too weak to do this. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> to but commit the thing is- to commit to this program and rip the top off a few cans. I was tempted, but it's not a good idea. It's not a good so idea. So basically. Even click and collect is a nightmare when it comes to Coles and Woolies. They've got these massive wait wait times. Delivery takes yeah. like three or four days. It's batshit. If you can coordinate a click and collect drop-off, that's great. And if you're trying a delivery one, you're going to have to live off scraps until then. But if you've got a little bit of prep, that's good. You don't need a lot. I mean, how much are you going to eat? But one thing that I will say is, as someone who has spent a fair bit of time fucking around with these websites for the last couple of days, refresh the page. If you can't get a slot, sometimes they just come up. I'm getting a batch of crap basically delivered tonight at 9.30 because I refreshed the page and a slot came up. So, you know, and I was sitting there thinking, fuck, how am I going to get all this stuff that I kind of need? Like I don't need it, but it'd be creature comforts. And also Uber Eats has a, a, a coupon for groceries, but I won't go into that. You can find it yourself. Yeah, well, look, there's, there's a couple of issues here. Um, uh, I, I have been able to uh, uh, soft sit it and go out to do some do some supermarket shopping. And the first thing that you realise, it's not due to hoarding, but the shelves, just, there's not a lot on them. Yes. And that's because there's all manner of shortages in labour, just people getting food to supermarkets. Yeah. So, so you're finding sort of, you know, it's like shopping in the former Soviet Union. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, it's really, really tough. It sounds fucking dire. Uh, and so, you know, th- these things are, are happening all over the place. And and Uber drivers, um, you know, to, to deliver your meals and so forth, they're becoming really hard to find. There was a job advertised at one of the uh, uh, sort of three hat restaurants in in the Sydney CBD. Dishwasher, $90 an hour. That's oh. how hard they're that's finding how it to get desperate. stuff and keep stuff. Yeah, that's madness. And my daughter actually works in aged care. In fact, I've got two daughters who both work in aged care. My younger daughter actually got a RAT positive just before Christmas. So the rest of the family, because I soft-sitted it, the rest of the family went and got PCRs. And I figured if they were positive, I might as well be positive too. I had a negative RAT. Um, and, uh, and and so she waited five days for the test to come back. It was over Christmas. I guess you could understand that. This was when, you know, testing was really, really tricky. Uh, and then she returned a negative. Hooray, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then time. she rang her employer and her employer says, "What? because she works in aged care and this is the requirement of the employer, not an industry back thing, but the employer said, we require another PCR test. Off she trundled, a little bit frustrated to go and get that, where she basically had to twist the arm of the tester at a hospital site uh, to give her a PCR. She said, oh, no, we'll just give you an OT. And no, 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 I need a PCR in order to return to work. So what we've got here is government setting one set of rules and then you've got employers setting other sets of rules. And 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 it's just it's just really it is just so chaotic the government changes its its messaging virtually every day. This is in New South Wales in particular, and and it's often in defiance of what employers are, are requiring and what they expect uh, of their employees. So that's just one problem, you know. New South Wales is just a is just you know it's just a it's just a shambles at the moment yeah. of of you know sort of <coughs> libertarian nonsense. Uh, which is basically, I believe, sort of designed to 
to to cover up the fact that the pathology industry in this in this uh, state is virtually on the stage uh, is virtually on the stage of collapse. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a fucking nightmare. And look, I mean, to avert collapse, they're just not using it. It's like, all right, cool. Yeah, well, that's what it's that's let's what it's not all have about. A health system. It's fucking. Uh, and the other thing I would sim- sim- simply say before you go on, Joel, is that when my daughter took in her uh, second PCR test, which was negative. Um, uh, she, they, the employer wanted to look at the batch number because uh, yeah. they were saying, well, we want to know if this has come from one of the pathology centres, St Vincent's Pathology is one of them, yeah. that have had a lot of false negatives. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And that's pretty reasonable. I mean, you know, they're being very careful. And I think that's really good. Yeah, but that tells you you've got a system on the on the, on the, on the, on the, the edge of collapse, blink. yeah? Yeah, it's not good. So, yeah, just basically in closing, another thing is don't get too excited about this spare time you have. It's shit time. You're not going to write a fucking novel. You're not going to watch, <laughs> like, you know, Ken Burns' Vietnam and come out and write a fucking review on it. You know, you're not going to finally do that thing you were thinking you were going to do. You're going to sleep a lot. You're going to sleep a lot and you're going to feel like shit. So I've been mm. mostly watching things I've already seen. So falling asleep doesn't ruin it. Uh, you know, I'm revisiting Veep a bit. I'm really enjoying that. I did squeeze in a few episodes of Succession. I watched the rest of that, which is really good. But, like, I had to, like, prep myself up for an hour to watch it. And then after that, I would just fall asleep because it's just – you'd just be hit by a truck. But this is the thing. You know, in the first few days, your ability to stay awake is pretty compromised. And from then, okay, then you've got a bit of time. But the brain fog's still there. I'm foggy as fuck right now. Like, I'm – I'm pulling it together for this episode. So, look, in summary, COVID is bloody everywhere and you're probably going to get it. I would suggest you skip the hot girl summer you had planned and stay in for a bit. And I'm not saying like a hermit. I'm not saying isolate, but just don't hang around pubs in Coogee. Get your fucking booster <laughs> and then resume life as normal. Like, don't pubs, go to pubs in Coogee anywhere. Pubs, yeah, probably don't go to pubs in Coogee Pandemic anywhere. permit, but, uh, it doesn't matter. But until then, like, just try not to get it. Try not to get yeah, it because it, it, it sucks. It, it, I'm, I'm boosted down. The boosters kicked in, and and I feel a good deal of it. Good, you know, feel pretty confident about it. All you're right. Everyone's going to get this. Um, uh, a lot of people will be asymptomatic, perhaps as high as sixty, seventy percent. Uh, some people will be very, very crook as you were. Some people will need to be hospitalised. The 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 issue is. Um, uh, that basically we need a lot more information than we're getting. So those people are at high risk, uh, or, 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 or basically uh, demographic groups, for example. We're just not getting uh, data that we need, so people can make proper uh, decisions, no, good informed decisions. It's confusing so, as fuck. For example, what 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 are the paediatric admissions? Because paediatric, obviously, in the zero to five, kids are going to be unvaccinated. It's so where really are we concerning. with paediatric admissions? My sister um, fucking got COVID and she's got a four-year-old and yeah. like, you know, and basically like, you know, she's like, how am I going to manage this? And the thing is, is that she said, well, maybe it'll be all right if she does get it. I'm not sure. And like, she just doesn't know. And it's that thing of like, no one really knows what's going to happen if a four-year-old gets COVID. Well, like- it's just a lack of information. Now, obviously this thing's only a month old. This is the extraordinary thing. It's sweeping the world in extraordinary numbers. It's, it's only a month old. But what our health departments, what our governments need to do, once we've got this very highly vaccinated population, so it does, not only tells us that we're willing to protect ourselves and our communities, but it also tells us that we're smart, intelligent. So if you give people information that can that can allow them to make informed decisions, like your sister 
looking at paediatric admissions and whether they're going up or down or you know and then we need those so that sort of data you know made available publicly every day some of the states are better than others new south wales is really terrible at the moment Fucking you know a. and basically the people who run the stats took a few days off over yeah <laughs> over the, over yeah. the christmas and new year period so yeah if you're going to let it rip allow people to make informed decisions and have supports for oh, well, fuck's sake, have you know, supports. Like, we, just, we could talk about RATs until the, until the cows come home. The simple fact, no matter whether they're 80 bucks or whether they're 10 bucks or whether they're free, is really, isn't really the point. There's just not enough of them. And, and they're saying, well, we can't do PCR tests because that's about to collapse. So you'll have to do an RAT, but an RAT won't work because we just don't have enough of them. There was just because no plan. Because we did not plan for this properly. No plan. Yeah, and, and, and that's it. So you can say, oh, okay, well, Omicron's only been around for a month or so. You know, this RAT testing has been a thing in the UK for a long, long time. And government was telling business in September last year, the Australian government and health bureaucrats were telling were telling um, employer groups, et cetera, oh, don't be right, mate. She'll be right, mate. She'll be right. Yeah. You know, this was back in September. We will have plenty of RATs. And then this thing rocked in. And it smashed every one of their plans for six because their plans were inadequate. They yep. had plans. They just weren't very good ones. Were you saying that the patent is actually Australian? Yeah, part, not, not all of the RATs are, but, yes, there was an Australian patent for an RAT test. They basically, that company or the, the company that owns the patent went to state and federal health authorities and private business and said, anyone interested in helping us, you know, develop, give us some capital so we can manufacture these locally? And everyone went, ah, you know, we're just a bit busy at the moment, mate. Fucking embarrassing. So, so fucking they went offshore. You know, they, they went Jesus. offshore. I mean, that, that is, it's the Australian that, story. Yeah, it is the Australian story. In, fucking in, sad. In, in, in one step. Anyway, get well soon, Joel. I'm Thanks glad I'm 120 kilometres away from you because you just <laughs> sound disgustingly infectious. Yeah, uh, same as usual. And in other news, the old Parliament building, now known as the Museum of Australian Democracy, has burnt, and no one seems to care why. In the latest news on the standoff, dated uh, Thursday the 6th of January, outside the old Parliament House, the wallopers have arrived and given the blow-in sits their marching orders. They've been sent packing, but will they return? I'm guessing yes, in one way or another. Yes. Uh, the intervention of the, uh, of the cops, ACT policing, follows a lot of confused reporting on the shameful desecration of the old Parliament building. Its front doors set alight on December 30. The building is a powerful symbol of this nation's democratic institutions. And somewhat lost in the sorrow of the damage the fire caused is the fact that there were people in the building at the time whose lives were held cheap. Oh, totally. On Monday, a 30-year-old Victorian man was charged with arson. He was re-arrested the following day uh, for breach of his bail conditions and remanded in custody. He was granted bail again on the Thursday... Uh, the 6th of January, as we record, and escorted out of the ACT under police guard after receiving a shellacking from the magistrate. Yeah. And police will allege the man deliberately lit the fire during the protest with court documents referring to the man holding, and I quote, sovereign citizen-style beliefs. That's nicely put. Now, at the conditional release program, uh, and much thank, many thanks to our, our researchers, our... Uh, uh, um, uh, <laughs> unpaid researchers. Oh, yeah, they pay know, us. 
and they know who they are who yeah, did some do. outstanding work on this. We can reveal an earlier plan was to seize the building and establish an alternate government. Mm-hmm. A non-Indigenous author linked to the Sovereign Citizen Movement in Australia, Danny Searle, boasted on an Instagram video dated December 13, which is still up, by the way, mm-hmm. that he had prepared a plan which involved 100,000 protesters storming the old Parliament building uh, <coughs> in the dead of night on a fixed date in early January. In the video, Searle claimed he had attended a virtual or Zoom meeting in October with as many as 30 Indigenous and non-Indigenous sovsits where his plan was put and agreed to by the other participants. On the December 13 video, Searle claims the plan was scrutinised by judicial experts mm-hmm. within the group and he had consulted military friends mm-hmm. who gave his battle plan a 97.8% chance of success. Everything in that sentence, uh, just in that paragraph, just, was just, just bullshit. It just dribs off citizenry. Bullshit. It? It's just that, all that, bullshit. The, the, the plan was a subject of discussion on social media by other prominent sovsits and members of Australia's freedom movement before protesters began assembling in Canberra later in December, and we know who they are. Yeah. Sir claimed the plan went awry when an Indigenous woman, Cindy Roberts, took charge of the protest. Oh. Roberts was not present during the Zoom meeting in November. In a video shot at the time of the fire on December 30, Roberts is president at the old Parliament House and then later is shown driving around Capital Circuit, cheering as the building burns in the background. Mm-hmm. Roberts, who refers to herself as Auntie Cindy, left the protest some days ago. She continues to make social media posts and requests for donations. She always very helpfully puts her bank account and BSB number on, like, on her everything. posts. Yeah. And these protesters were asked to leave by elders. In a video released on Instagram yesterday, several protesters were seen threatening Ngunnawal elders and women, and Canberra is in Ngunnawal country. Yeah, they're on their country, and these assholes come to their country, they call the shots, which is absolutely forbidden, and then wonder why the fucking traditional owners are pissed off. I mean, they just don't know their place in anything. And, and, And... uh, the elders in, in Gunnawal country are actually really lovely people. Yeah, and, and they're and, very well respected. And, and, and indeed, and and they've just been end, almost endlessly patient with this group, and received nothing but threats and yeah and nonsense in in reply. Oh, but yeah. it, it's incredibly confusing, Joel. This is for for most onlookers, perhaps not our listeners, but for yeah. the for for the mainstream Australian Your man on the media. Street. Uh, no one really knows what sovsits are, yeah. you know. Which and is it, fair. They shouldn't. It's well, okay. so, you know, um, the Australian sovsits, Indigenous or non-Indigenous, are these sort of oddest of people, you know. In, in the US, the sovereign citizen movement is listed by the FBI as a domestic terror terrorist organisation, yeah. essentially due to the threat they pose law enforcement. Yeah. In Australia, they they're a mixed cops. bag of contrary philosophies based on mistaken and crude misrepresentations of law, often irrelevant or revoked. Yeah, they're less militia and just more like annoying people who say dumb shit and occasionally go to court and say, Magna Mm. Carta, get fined, then lie about it outside and tell everyone they won. Yeah, anyway. I also gather that there's a group on the right of politics that sees some sort of electoral advantage from getting soft sits on board. Yeah. But sovsits have no interest in the left-right dichotomy. They're just, they're just completely, you know, apolitical in that sense. Unhinged. Yeah. You know, the oft-repeated cover-all description of them as 
right-wing extremists or even anti-vaxxers. It's neither helpful nor accurate. Yeah. One might place them on the extreme left with anarchists, but that's not quite right either. No. They, they don't really belong anywhere on the political spectrum. Um, but due to the complexities of sovereignty in Australia for Indigenous Australians, a number of Indigenous uh, Australians have fallen into the movement with the temptation that sovereign citizenry offers easy answers to complex legal, social and cultural problems. Yeah. In May, the alleged arsonist of the old Parliament building was organising a crowdfund for something called the Jabwarung Sovereign Tribal Government. So he's been pilled for, for some time. Now, we have seen Indigenous soft-sits active in Northern Territory, spreading misinformation about vaccine coercion that found a global reach. There were claims made of the ADF holding people down and vaccinating them or locking them up in quarantine. It's all nonsense, but due to what's loosely called cultural sensitivities, these falsehoods have found their way into the world's media expressed as fact. Yep. And so the real problem is the influences, and many of them, most of them, are non-Indigenous. Yeah. And the people, they're the people who've created this mad protest, and they use protesters on the ground as sort of cannon fodder for arrests, you know, appearances before courts and the possibility of long terms of imprisonment. You know, it's, it's all being contrived in the background. Mm-hmm. In a twist of irony, the old Parliament building, now the Museum of Australian Democracy, contains a well-catalogued historical archive of primary materials associated with the establishment of the original tent embassy. There remains a threat of the, of the destruction of that history and, in a broader sense, the nation's history. You know, this is one of our nation's sacred sites. And it is. I say that without any sort of uh, concern or guilt or shame don't sell our, po- our political institutions, our democratic institutions cheap. This yeah. is a sacred site. Yeah. And despite the intervention this afternoon of ACT policing, uh, <clears throat> it remains a hugely da- a dangerous situation and we fear the building may be stormed. People on the ground there fear the building may be stormed or entered and trashed or worse, the conflict between the groups will lead to violence and we all know who the violent ones will be. Yeah, absolutely. Look, we are keeping this old Parliament House uh, part fairly short because yes. we're looking to do an episode on it. Um, we have a couple of people, as we say, our researchers at Soz149 and at Sunny Sandil on Twitter. Uh, you should definitely follow them because they do post some of the stuff up publicly. Um, but they've been digging up incredible stuff for us. They do the hard work. Incredible they stuff. watch all the videos. They send us all the highlights. They're just incredible. We're going to try and compile this into an episode soon and do a bit of a retrospective on what the hell has happened um, and give some of those sort of insights that we've been given so graciously by people. Like I say, we don't pay them. They pay us. They're patrons. It's insane. So, yeah, we'll be relying (laughs) on a lot of quotes from Black Voices because we are obviously not in our element here, but we will dig up very good stuff. Uh, Blackfellow Revolution on um, on Facebook is one of the areas. There's a lot of groups that are – but we'll probably do a bit of verbatim stuff. Because we want to say, we want to make sure that black voices are fr- first and foremost in this situation. But then also, what we're going to do is we're going to stick the fucking boot into these idiots, black or white, who are pissing on our country and like just pissing on our democracy and pissing on country. Like, you know, uh, like another bloody nation that's not theirs. 
You're not from there, mate. You're from Melbourne. You're from South Yeah, west of Victoria. You're from somewhere that is Uh, not there. They create all sorts of nonsense justifications. And you're threatening the traditional owners there. So, look, I'm not afraid of shitting on them because they're shitting on their own culture. And this is just in pursuit of pocket change internet clout. I'm not scared of sticking the boot into them. But we will be putting black voices front and center. Yeah, we are going to do a one-off episode, as Joel says, and, and the, the timing of that is probably around Australia Day, but when this thing may come to a head, uh, Australia Day um, uh, is as uh, complicated as that term is or that holiday is, is also the 50th anniversary of the original tent embassy, and yeah. that is something that will be celebrated yeah. uh, unless these clowns get in the way. So, so that's that's the next sort of trigger point in the days leading up to, to that anniversary. There's a lot going on. And in uh, much more amusing news, hilarity has ensued across the country when racket guy Novak Djokovic was sent packing. Uh, just yesterday, it seemed he had a special exemption to arrive in the country unvaccinated, but there was a bit of a problem with the paperwork and border force left him in a windowless, airless room for six hours before stamping the word alien across his head and putting him on the next plane home. And not via Singapore either, because uh, Novak no, <laughs> won't, won't be all that cherished to arrive there either. Amazing. And the really funny thing about this is that it's just kind of flipped the, the, the loud commentariat voices, of which I am a member. But the right-wing scribblers were gunning for Dan Andrews last night, only to do an about-face and switch sides now to demand Djokovic be allowed in. Yes. <laughs> As I tweeted this morning, the Djokovic decision will have commentators and conniptions today, and so it turned out. If you support his entry into the country, then you kind of support an open border policy. Tough gig for the commentariat. And as I asked on Google, oh, sorry, and as I asked on Twitter, pray for us. Oh. You know, we have all these different positions to somehow make sense of. Even funnier was Piers Morgan, who I don't like very much, but he was very good today, who made the point uh, that uh, Djokovic has the right to be unvaccinated, but we, the Australian government, that is, has every right to punt him out of the place. And even funnier was Morgan's reply to this piece of idiocy from Nigel Farage. (laughs) Nigel Farage tweeted up, is Australia now a banana republic? And Piers Morgan said... I believe it's called controlling your border, Nigel. Yeah, perfect. Absolutely. It was I mean, a perfect reply. And that's it? the thing. You know, like these guys are doing backflips. You had like RDA had this whole thing about how they were saying, oh, you know, of course we're happy he's coming to play. He's a legend. However, why are celebrities treated differently to everyday hardworking yeah. Aussies? And yeah. they end the post with, come on, people. Wake up if you haven't already. So yeah. there's this whole uh, thing, you know. Vaccine mandates and so forth, you know, and people have lost their jobs. And, 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 and Novak Djokovic, who earns millions of dollars every year, he just walks into the country. This was what they were saying yesterday. One rule for them, one rule for us. And then, <laughs> Jesus Christ, and then, of course, Novak's actually knocked out and say, no, Novak's dad is rightfully angry. His son was held captive for eight hours and he's now being sent back. And they go through this whole thing about how it's their fight and that Novak should be allowed in. And the great thing was is that not only did they do this, but they went down to the hotel that basically houses people in detention in yeah. Melbourne and protested out the front saying, let Djokovic out. 
while people were there with signs saying free the refugees and these <laughs> assholes who have this dumb plight about everything about vaccines being their fucking life's mission staying there next to people who are protesting something real people who have had their mm. visas denied and are being indefinitely detained. And they're like, oh, no, fuck, fuck your refugees. Nah, we're here for the tennis player. Did you just. Uh, uh, but, uh, uh, <laughs> it's worth hundreds of millions of dollars minimum. You know? Oh, my God. And we're protesting for him. But yesterday, mm, not so sure about this. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Could be Dan Andrews and, <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. They just, everyone just flipped 180. With Everyone just like did that. a 180 I mean, turn on this. There were some fantastic pieces of shit that really are, uh, <laughs> you know, wipe your ass with type commentary uh, stuff that just defied everything that they'd been saying about <laughs> controlling our borders, uh, you know, that they've written about, oh, yes, well, refugee queue jumpers and all this kind of stuff and stop the boats. And they just ditched all that shit today in support of Novak Djokovic. It's just unbelievable. It's one of those great moments where it's been a, a, as a commentator where you just sit back and go, "Yeah, really not glad. I'm really glad I'm not not filing today." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I can just sit back and take pot shots at them tomorrow. Bless their hearts. Novak's dead. Nice and pissed off. Yeah, that happy. Serbian temper. Got to fight in the streets, mate. Got to fight yeah. in the streets. <laughs> yeah, he was all for that. And it was really funny to say the early protests at Tullamarine, he actually demanded Snowmax Dad just come out, please hit the streets, you know, tear buildings apart, kick people to death, start fires, all that sort of stuff, hit the streets. And to prove it, there were a couple of blokes and a couple of Serbian blokes out the front of Tullamarine this morning, one with a Serbian flag and the other playing an accordion. Brilliant. The sounds of Serbia and freedom! Honey! I'll do anything for you. Honey! Just tell me what you want me to do. And today's conditional release program is proudly brought to you today by Zero COVID Policy. Remember that, Joel? Yeah, I miss it. Well, it's back. Well, not here, not in New South Wales, where no. there's an all-the-COVID-you-can-eat policy. <laughs> just sidle up to the salad bar. We've taken the sneeze guard off, so just help yourself to, <laughs> just help yourself to some of the iceberg lettuce there. Uh, but zero-COVID policy is back in certain totalitarian states with vicious populist leaders oh. who have ruthlessly crushed all opposition. The People's Republic of China, the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, and the state of Western Australia. Yeah. Worried about people getting uppity with their harsh policies designed to eliminate COVID from your lands? Why not simply weld the doors shut so people can't get out? Out of sight, out of mind. And if that doesn't work, start a statewide famine. A starving populace is a compliant population. And if all that goes super well, you might still be able to host the AFL Grand Final. Remember, as little rocket man Kim Jong-un always says, zero COVID means zero anti-vaxxers. Well, we had some around the back of Pyongyang a while back, but the 16mm artillery rounds seem to have quieted them down. I think one of the first things it says within the Constitution is all laws within all... within. 
And with the sweet lilt of the voice of the intellectual giant of the freedom movement, Thanos Paniedes, ringing in our ears, it means it's time for which black pill fuckwit said that. The game show that Eddie Maguire secretly wanted to host but got boned at the audition. <laughs> Joel thought he was a good fit to host, but I knew Eddie was a Collingwood bastard and told him to fuck off. Fair. If you're successful today, Joel, you'll be sent on an all-expenses-paid trip to COVIDless Perth to spread the Omicron variant. Yeah. A couple of days of walking around that hellhole, breathing on people and touching their food, you'd get the ball rolling quick smart. We might not be able to fly you in, so we'll smuggle you across the border dressed as Gina Hancock. <laughs> if you're stopped by the authorities, try and pretend you can write really bad poetry. That's my tip. The sad thing is that we're at about the same weight right now. <laughs> <laughs> Question cool. one, Joel, are you ready? Yeah. Or should yeah. I say Gina? Yeah, well, look, I think Western Australia's had it too good for too long. I'd like to see a few of you sweat, and this is a very good way of doing it because you will sweat. <laughs> Question one, with thanks to listener Tom, a man so addicted to the segment, we're thinking about giving him some of Joel's COVID just to take the edge off the dependency. Thank you, Tom, who wrote all of this, by the way. Oh, and here is the quote. Your legacy will be that of a monster. Your legacy will be that of a eugenicist. Your legacy will be that of a child killer using medical tyranny, unquote. I love it. I, I'm already going to take I, – I think I know who this is going to be. Okay. Was this talking about Dan Andrews, small man, tiny man, or you've got to hold him up to the light to actually see who he is with big words. He, he uses big words he really doesn't understand, Malcolm Roberts. Favourite, favourite, good friend of the show. Yeah, got to be got to hold him up to the light. Oh, there he is. Uh, also talking about Dan Andrews, huge fan of quantum healings, psychic reading, and dedicating songs to – Victims of satanic ritual abuse, Claire Woodley. Oh, dear. She's a songstress, Joe. Real songstress. Or was it talking about old Donny Trump, the Trumpster? He snorts and whinnies, not because he has houses to blow down, but because he has been taking a bit too much ivermectin. Alex Jones. Or was it not really sure what or who he was talking about, but he really spent big on Boxing Day sales, <laughs> replacing household electronics. Thanos Paniades needs uh, a new couple of tallies. Very, very good. I quite like that. Um, look, I'm taking it to a punt, but it just has the um, it has the the rhythm of Alex Jones. Oh, well spotted. Well yes. done. Yes. Well done. Yes, that was Alex Jones. And and what he was calling when Trump actually uh, said that he'd been vaccinated and was booed by an Arizonan crowd. Yeah, uh, that's when uh, Alex just let fly. Yeah. The Trumpster is now a monster, a eugenicist, yeah. a child killer, and a medical tyrant. Well, look, you know, let's face it; he probably could be a child killer. Um, so, I you mean... would have thought, you know, there'd be people listening to Alex going, come on, man, come get, get behind the Trumpster, don't backstab him. Yeah. Don't white-hand him. Nah, it's, it's so uh, funny because, you know, like, it, it's to do these sort of backflips is the fascinating thing, and he'll just have people there going, oh, okay, yeah, I guess Trump is bad now, after he was <laughs> the, you know, sent by God to save the children from the tunnels and the pedophiles <laughs> and the deep state and the entire thing. <laughs> He, he is Jesus in a way. It's the quickest backflip. It makes uh, you realise that. So, yes, yeah, so it's Alex not Trump, is, it's Roger Stone. Has jumped off the Trump train. Uh, 
Yeah. And uh, and it's, it's the, you know, the, the implications are enormous. Yeah. Express to Leppington, straight to Leppington. Do not pass. Now, me. question two. Very well, very well done. You're, you're heading across the nullable right now. Um, yeah. It's question two. Here's the quote. All this required was peace and calm on Capitol Hill. And at one o'clock, for Senator Ted Cruz and Gossa, Congressman Gossa, to start the Green Bay sweep, challenging the Electoral College, challenging the results in Arizona. Now, I'll have to explain to you that the Green Bay sweep is an American sort of colloquialism based on the Green Bay Packers, uh, one of their sort of, uh, what would you call it, Hail Mary plays. And it's called the Green Bay sweep. So, we're, to give you a little bit more context, this is January 6th. Uh, and the senators are all sitting down, and uh, and uh, Pence is about to take his spot, and we're about the electoral college is about to basically ratify the results of the election. And all that was needed was a bit of pace and calm, and all those clowns outside making a noise and threatening to thank people, and Ted Cruz and <laughs> Ted Cruz. Sorry, and Congressman Gossard would just get it all underway and knock the election results out. Oh, mate, it would have been all perfect if it wasn't for those meddling kids. Was it? Who said it? Anyway, was it under indictment, the man with more skin diseases than Eric Trump, proving once and for all you get the face you deserve? Oh, Steve Bannon. He's not a good-looking guy. Or was it assistant to the former president, director of trade and manufacturing policy, and the national defence production Act Policy Coordinator, Peter Navarro? Or was it leader of the Proud Boys, refused entry to Washington, D.C. on January 6th and had to watch all the fun on CNN, which he hates. He's a Nazi, Mm. out and proud. Henry Enrique Cario? Or was it gaming a coup d'etat, just gaming, mind you, not planning, not engaged in sedition, treason or treachery, just a game, really, like risk, you know, you know, risk. Uh, his psoriasis is only slightly worse than Steve Bannon's. Eric Trump. Oh, oh God. <laughs> it sounds way too nuanced for Eric. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, look, I'm going to take a punt. It's probably wrong. Steve Bannon. Oh, fuck. Oh, that's a shame. I mean, look, oh. it's kind of true, but it was, in fact, Peter Navarro. And oh. Peter Navarro had been liaising with Steve Bannon about how to do this, what they call the Green Bay Sweep. Oh. And it's only just come out because Peter Navarro has a book out called In Trump Time. <laughs> God only knows what Trump time is. Usually it's like sleepy time. Yeah, yeah, that's um, it. But- but yeah, so and and in his book, he has kind of acknowledged that you know that he was involved in uh, basically overturning um, uh, a, a democratic election, and he, this was put to him on uh, CNBC uh, during the week, uh, and that's where I got the quote from, where the interviewer said to him, "You know." You were planning a coup d'état. <laughs> he goes, no, 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 that wasn't it at all. You know, <laughs> yes, you were because you were using the Senate from the previous election results to overturn and uh, to overturn the election decision. No, 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 no. no you no. couldn't possibly call it a coup d'état. No, so there it was, Peter Navarro, but he was in cahoots with Steve Bannon. So I'm going to give you a half point. Yes. Uh, so you just want Western Australia to take. Like- You've you, you, you just hit Kalgoorlie. Um, you're over the border and uh, well on your way to, to bringing Omicron to Perth. Ty, at um, that time. 
Uh, and here's uh, a question, th- uh, sorry, question three, quote three. Where are my mangoes? <laughs> I want my mangoes. Yeah. Was that yeah. conditional release program co-host Joel Hill in the midst of COVID hallucinations? Get him some goddamn mangoes. That's uh, a Milton mango for me, mate. Or was it a flock of green parrots eating fermented mangoes, getting shit-faced drunk on the fermented mangoes and demanding more, more, more fermented mangoes? Once you pop, you can't stop. Or was it Prince Andrew possibly speaking euphemistically about teenage girls? Mangoes? Where are my mangoes? Or was it trying to overcome a, a bad dose of scurvy? Psst, mate. My dude, that slimes or lemons at a pinch to get rid of your scurvy. He'd know that if he read Captain Cook's diaries, but he doesn't trust the mainstream media. Thanos Panaitis. Yeah, I mean, look, I feel like it could be all of the above, really. <laughs> I think that'd be a reasonable answer. Um, I love Milton Mango, and I have constantly said that, but I'm not saying it now. Uh, the absence of tin cracks is because the idea of beer makes me feel nauseous. Um, Prince Andrew being a pedo? Yay, Joe! Hey. <laughs> I'm a Corona sitting Perth as of tomorrow. Excellent. What a fucking Well trip. done. Yes, it was in fact Prince Andrew. <sighs> and uh, this is uh, revealed in a book about actually his nephew, Harry. And Harry used to get uh, quite alarmed at the way that uh, Prince Andrew would, te- would, would treat the... Um, the, the staff mm. uh, around the various royal residences, including a quote goes, where are my mangoes? I want my mangoes. Oh, yeah. little fucking So shit. that was it. And the other thing is that um, flocks of green parrots have been also getting very, very drunk on eating rotten rotten mangoes on the ground. That's right. And funny. then just flying about crazily and crashing and That's often very suffering funny. very serious injury. That's which, not funny. Hey, it's a bit funny. It's a bit funny. So there you go. Well done, Joel. Excellent nice. work. Now, we asked listeners to send us an email if they've come across something really, really stupid said by Black Bell Fuckwits, much like hopeless addicts of the show, Tom. We want your input, listeners. If you've recently come across something posted that is so odd, so bizarre, that it can only be appreciated by the criminally stupid, drop us a line. We'll send you a stubby holder and some assorted TCRP chatter if you make our lives easier and send me a quote we can use on the show. Now, we remind listeners that... The conditional release program stubby holder is, as we've said before, the only stubby holder clinically proven to keep drinks cold. It is indeed. But actually, we're going to put the prizes aside for a week or two. The conditional release program stubby holder is an eerily magic bit of kit, no doubt. But personally, I wouldn't want one coming fresh out of the post after Giles licked the envelope. So we might just hold off on the prize giving just for a little while. Uh, You're going to get a nasty dose of the plague and there's nothing the stubby holder can do to help, although you could fill it with ivermectin, see what happens, Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But uh, just for the next week or so, we'll leave Joel from (laughs) trudging down to the post office and licking envelopes if, you know, none of you mind. Seems like a reasonable thing. So no prizes dripping with viral death the next week or so. <laughs> but we do still ask listeners to drop us a line if they want to contribute to the segment. Yes, Which please. Blackpool fuckwit said that? Mark the attention of Jack as usual because if I see it, it's not fun. You know, you know spoiler yeah, alert. To our email cheat. address. You will cheat. If no, you fuck. I, I struggle. So I, I have to like uh, avert my no, eyes and like drag it and forward yeah. it. It's really annoying. Because you program at gmail.com. It's, that's yeah. during COVID mainly. That's why you've had COVID, that you've felt the need to cheat. And that's <laughs> another symptom, I guess. Uh, <clears throat> All right. So Atmos, Atmos, Atmos. And then, yeah, you kick off AV Update.
And we'll start with the stats first and a different form of stats this week. Look, Australia rules the known world in new COVID cases with 68,000 new cases. In terms of growth, in terms of uh, per capita, it's just fantastic news. Well done. Well done, everyone. 68,000 new cases. Well done, everyone. And a big thanks to you, Joel. (laughs) Yes. You've played a role here. You know, look, the entire nation is really punching above our weight, which is what we always do. And a spot on the podium beckons. To be fair, though, uh, while we were number one earlier today, the US data is not yet in and neither is the UK or French data, so we will get pushed to the back of the field by the end of the day. The US recorded 700,000 cases yesterday. The French, 333,000, with the UK making up the podium spots with just on 200,000. Terrific achievements. I still think we might medal, as the Olympic commentators like to say, using a noun as a verb, you fucking idiots. But we will have to get a crack on because it seems the New South Wales government and the federal government want everyone to stop counting. Take an RAT and tell nobody the result if we had enough rates, which we don't. It's a balls up of the highest order and proves once again as a nation, Australia is young, dumb and full of COVID. Excellent. Give me one sec, one sec, one sec, one sec, one sec. Um, all right. But in an entirely unfunny but not entirely unpredictable situation, someone has set themselves on fire in protest of vaccine mandates yeah, and, sad. you know, all the rest. So... We saw this play out before with a woman pouring accelerant on herself and her car and then being talked down by police. She had that sign saying, no one cares, mandates are killing us, tried to make a bit of noise, and it worked. I mean, anti-vaxxers hailed her as a sign that people were at breaking point, that Dan is evil. Monica Smith called the act heroic. What's yeah? What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. It was a huge moral boost for the cookers, completely oblivious to the fact that they themselves had caused this distress. So it was a matter of time before someone else attempted another heroic act but did a better job of it, and that time has come, the poor pilled bastard. Yeah, it's it's very fucking sad. Apparently the man was pouring petrol on himself while screaming about vaccination mandates and throwing books around. I've got no idea why. Yeah, screaming about Dan as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mentioning Dan. Dan was... was, uh, The witness basically said that he was off his face screaming about mandates. Mm. Uh, He set himself on fire and they had to put him out. There's lots of details you can look at in the the article. Because it's not, it's pretty gross. Uh, He was taken to the hospital with life threatening injuries because he really had a solid crack at it. And this is the thing Monica, like RDA, just posted a Daily Mail article. They didn't actually make a comment, but she's managed to stop short of calling him a hero. Uh, what's what's oh, going on there? Something. Is there an but improvement? What she did do is she declared that people should not call Lifeline as they are not trusted. And Monica, as usual, will be setting up her own little Lifeline service, which like <laughs> is just going to be what like a bunch of random oh cookers God. telling people not to be too alarmed. But oh by the way, God. the Jews are trying to kill you in several ways. Yeah, like, what? Uh, the, the word lemmings comes to mind oh, uh, when, le- when you know. Let's face it: when Lifeline is your enemy, you have to wonder who your friends are. Yeah, if that's not a red flag, then what the fuck is? It's just terrible. So we're going to expect a lot more stuff like this to come with this sort of martyrdom, this sense of heroism that uh, you know Monica Smith planted that seed of and this always leads to acts of troubling extremism whether it be mm. self-harm or harming others it doesn't do these people need help and the big players see help as a threat to their cult because the 
the help might come and say, hey, well, what's going on with these friends of yours? So yeah. while people are setting fire to themselves to make a point, others are seeking out arms. And this has been really common knowledge and such a massive talking point for some time. But it's bizarre that on the face, at least, it appears to be being completely ignored by police. I mean, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, we've doing? seen a fair bit of it. On a Zoom call just before Christmas, an RDA activator... Karen Dunlop told Monica that they were seeking out arms, A-R-M-S, not A-L-M-S, as they had had enough. Nothing was working. It was time to take up arms. Monica silenced her fairly quickly, knowing that she was clearly being watched by outside figures, and instead of telling Karen that violence wasn't the answer, was more worried about the cops listening in, saying it was not the right forum to talk about that sort of stuff. Forever, but I'm just absolutely exhausted. And everything I've done has done nothing. And I just don't know where to go from here. I can't answer anyone's questions. It's got to the stage where you know, we're, we're getting arms, archery. Don't, 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 stop, 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 stop. You, this is not the right forum to talk about that stuff. Um, we can talk about that separately. Well, yes, to be fair, if uh, Karen wanted to raise arms, as we just heard her say, she looks like she's got a fair set of bingo wings on her jaw. Oh, brutal. She's got not, some big arms. You got big ass arms. Very nice. Maybe I do right now as well. So, look, Karen sounds broken in this clip. She's been sold all this terrifying bullshit, yeah. all these heroic platitudes from Monica, and nothing happening. Like, you know, she's been promised the world. Nothing is happening. That's it. So what That's are they going to do? Of course they're going to escalate well, what's things. what's your breaking point? Yeah. What are you prepared to die for? Exactly. So they start looking for weapons. It's fucking no-brainer. Monica's there being all surprised. Like, she, she is an idiot, but, I mean, are you that stupid? So we had the bow and arrow incident outside Parliament with that poor bastard gibbering about Dan Andrews coming out so we could talk to him. Yeah, I'll just come out there and talk to the, guy, <laughs> the archery enthusiast. Pop, pop an apple on my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah great. And he's just ranting about all the people he knows that die from the jab. It's no one. It's no. You, you're making it up. But, you know, all this shit about depopulation programs and tyranny, it's just yeah. rotting people's brains. The obvious next step is armed insurrection. I mean, thank fuck for our gun laws. Yeah, we have uh, other video of cookers showing off their guns. I'm not sure if we can talk on those ones, though. And this is state of the obvious, but it should be said, the cookers are getting guns and the cops who are sitting on their asses letting this happen are being completely ignored with people brazenly discussing armed responses to make up problems. The police are just not arresting anyone. Yeah. Uh, they talk about it openly for fuck's sake. I mean, I saw a video and you've probably seen it too, Joel, where, where a bloke was actually showing you how to use police weapons. Yeah. So yeah. implicit in that is seize police weapons. It's not good. It's really not mm. good. So the cookers are being pumped up by this toxic echo chamber that's been galvanized by this complete inaction by police. And they think their secret sob cheat, uh, cheat codes work. I mean, why wouldn't they think that? They like they never seem to actually get charged. They get arrested, but they never seem to get charged. So it's going to be a very interesting month ahead. You know, you've got these convoys to Old Parliament yeah. House, and some of them being cancelled due to resistance to the tent embassy. And the cookers are hard at work negotiating with the traditional owners of the land, trying to find their way into weaseling into the 50th anniversary and basically just hijack. And I, and I hope the traditional owners just consistently tell them to fuck off, but they're going to go whether they yeah, strike I think they've got their work ahead of them now. Uh, oh. I think police have, have shown up. Basically, you know, in the ACT, they were very generous early on. Yeah. It would seem like not so much now. Well, I fucking hope so. So if people do show up in numbers, it's incredibly reasonable to be worried. They'll either have arms or access to them. 
and this is only going to be the start of this bizarre backwards bogan sovsit revolution because mm. it's going to be televised because they just love making content but it could turn really really nasty oh, look it's, it's absolutely true i mean you know, we we hope we don't know for sure, but we hope that Omicron ushers in the end of the pandemic. Yeah. But the simple fact of the matter, as you said before, these people have been put on a diet for two years of fear and anxiety, and, and, and where are they going to go? When Where are they going to go? Well, they're just going to go, oh, well, you know, that, I'm glad that's all over. Go back home and start cooking dinner. I mean, yeah. it's just it, these people are, have been pushed out there and – and how, I just don't know how they're going to come back. I have no idea. No idea. Yeah. And, you know, if you think that the kids are under threat and you think that somehow you've got this holy mission, you know, you found God 10 minutes ago to, you know, save the save the world, well, yeah, you, you're going to do something real dumb. This is what happens. And look, facing re-election this uh, year, not, not just ScoMo, but uh, French President Emmanuel Macron, I think there's a runoff election in April. Anyway, we know Emmanuel Macron, what he thinks of uh, Scott Morrison, because in November last year, he captured the heart of, and the imagination of all Australians when he called ScoMo Scotty a liar. That's because he is a liar. He's a big, smelly liar, and his pooey pants are on fire. Yes, now, they are. in the new pooey. year. Macron has had a crack at making me laugh again by publicly stating that his COVID policy is to piss off anti-vaxxers. Play strong, done good. It's, it's great. I mean, so this is what he actually said. I am not about pissing off the French people, but as for the non-vaccinated, I really want to piss them off and we will continue <laughs> to do this to the end. This is the strategy. This is the strategy. Yeah. It's just so good. Like this reminds me of NT Chief Minister Michael Gunner, who absolutely took no prisoners in his assessment of anti-vaxxers in Florida basements, spreading all this sort of, you know, cook shit about the Northern Territory back when Australia had fallen. And, you know, it's just another one of those things where basically they're moving to a vaccine mandate sort of situation with this health pass. Yes, they are. Yeah. So it's like a vaccine passport. They've and got. it will be highly controversial. Well, it's only going to be available to vaccinated. And I believe they used to have opt-out for various things like natural immunity, medical exemptions, and stuff like that. And now Macron's just sticking the boot in and just saying, no, nah, no carrot, all stick. Yep. Unless you get vaccinated, you don't get a health pass. You just don't. You just you are not a part of society, which is well, very it's funny. A, it's a ballsy move. It's a ballsy move in an election year, as I say. And, yeah. and look, they do have very high rates of vaccination, but as we just saw in the stats, their number of new cases... And hospitalizations are really through the roof. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that's that's the thing. I mean, like the, they believe that this health pass might very well, you know, get them out of this. Mm. So it doesn't even seem like he wants to do this to actually protect public health. Like you said, the cases are skyrocketing. I don't think this is necessarily to relieve stress in hospitals. He's not saying that. He's not coming forward with that. That would be the intention, of course. I mean, that would be the side effect. That would be like, you know, the, the original intention of this vaccine thing. But he's just tired of anti-vaxxers. I find that incredibly funny. Here's another quote. You say it. Yeah, look, in a democracy, the worst enemies are lies and stupidity. Oh, God, we've been saying this for a long time, Joe. Brilliant. We Brilliant. are putting pressure, he said, on the unvaccinated by limiting as much as possible their access to activities in social life. Brilliant. Yeah, saying that he wanted to put their lives in the shit and make it as complicated as he can because they've been lying, the bastards. Yes, yeah, yes. You love it. You I mean, look, it. yeah, they're just pests. They're fucking pests. And he's just got to that point where it's like, every time we pander to you, you just fuck around and piss us off. You know what? 
I'm done. And I like to think that we're not too far off. We've got massive support. Look at how Djokovic was treated for being uh, anti-vaxxer piece of shit. Mate, you, you don't make friends being anti-vaxxer in this country. So I think well, we're not too far behind. The, the point must be made that Macron goes to the people this year. He'll probably go a, a few weeks before Morrison. But look at the behaviour from Macron and look at the, the behaviour from Morrison, who doesn't really even acknowledge, acknowledge anti-vaxxers. Yeah. Because yeah. He's, he's he's hoping like buggery that they might uh, just tip him over the line. Oh, few, totally. He wants their preferences. A few preferences from, uh, from Clive and they might just get over the line. So, yeah. you know, when we talk about political courage, who's got it? Macron? Yeah. Or Morrison. Yeah. Oh, it's a stark, stark, stark fucking comparison between two leaders. One of them's not a leader, though. One of them's just some fucking cunt from marketing. Anyway, look, speaking of liberals, to finish AV update, we have a nice little brain fart from the intellectual nobody that is Greg Hunt telling people <laughs> to party safely on New Year's Eve, like you even know what partying is. Mate, yeah. you idiots just let rip across Australia. There is no such thing as safe partying under the Liberal Party, you mouldy phallus. You didn't even have the basic decency to wait until holidays were over. So most of us could get the booster shot before unleashing COVID on the population. Nah, fuck that, mate. Let's just let, let it rip, mate. Everyone's booked their annual leave and their, you know, the, the booster jab is still like a month away because it's, you know, it's it's five months. And well, everyone's- they, they have bought it, yeah, bought, bought it four to five. By the, end of, by the end of January, it will be three. Right. So they're just... You've got this enormous <laughs> clusterfuck of infection going on with a shortage of RATs and with a, bo- a booster program that is managing to deal with these things once we've peaked. They fucked us, so, man. They so fucked us on this. So all the modelling suggested by the end of January we will have peaked. Yes, by the time all of our fucking annual leave is gone. <laughs> and so everyone will be exposed until then. And just to our listeners, it's going to be pretty rough over the next three, four weeks. Yeah. Going to be rough. Fucking ridiculous. Going anyway. To be rough. And look, you need the information or you, you try and source it as best you can on, on, on just where those high-risk areas are, um, what demographic you might be in, maybe of age or very young, if you've got uh, if you've got a very young family, and then make those decisions about you want to how you, how you want to do it. Unfortunately, there's not enough of that information around, so just be cautious. Abundance of you. caution. Yeah, is a phrase we've learnt. Basically, good luck. So, anyway, in another obvious personal attack on me, Hunt has suggested <laughs> that people refrain from the mosh pit on New Year's Eve. I mean, what? Like, what are you going to do? Been a, he's been in a few, hasn't he? Mate, he, is he going to send his jackbooted thugs in to get me again? I mean, well, actually, right now, well, well, yeah. Separation of separation of powers and all that oh, sort of stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah, the executive yeah, does on, the administration. You know, Don't you worry it about that. Did, it, well, it did not go all the way to the top. Thanks. So, look, I would say it's regional this case anyway. If a couple AFP goons came in and grabbed me in a mosh pit, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I probably shouldn't be here. Anyway, so, look, <laughs> there's just just generally speaking, there's no mosh pits on New Year's. Like, it's not like, you know, we're, like, there's no big day out happening, Greg. You and your mate Dom Perrottet have made sure that even if we wanted to have one, there wouldn't be one because with a cheeky booster in our arms and a few JD and Cokes under our belts, we could have been jumping up a storm in like maybe a month or so, but you decided to fuck us all over and get us just before we get the booster why 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 so no one nobody needs your shit take on mosh pits have you ever 
been in one, you fucking power nerd. So I wasn't moshing over New Year's, Uncle Greg. I was at home dealing with the COVID that you shitheads decided was a New Year's gift to the country, which is just a giant chunk of cold from old Lang Santa to fuck my summer. Nobody wants me in a mosh pit right now, you dipshit. And in the words of Peter Phelps at the end of Point Break, <laughs> timeless, timeless words, no one's out, no one's going out. It's death on a stick out there. Yes, look, those were indeed timeless, poignant words. <laughs> I'm going to take my health advice from Phelps, not Hunt. Wise move. And in famous last words this week, an Italian anti-vaxxer and COVID denier who sparked outrage after declaring himself a plague spreader and boasting about how he walked around sick and maskless in a supermarket and has died of COVID-19. What a piece of shit. Maurizio Boratti, also known as Moro from Mantua, died in a Verona hospital Monday just a few weeks after being hospitalised. He was 61. Good. Baratti's condition took a turn for the worse, perhaps unsurprisingly, after he called into this talkback, Italian talkback radio program called the Zanzara on Radio 24 and openly told listeners he was seriously ill with a high fever but had made a point of strolling through supermarkets without a mask. Just and like all good anti-vaxxers, he claimed he was defending the Constitution yeah, and he refused to be tested because he believed in a conspiracy that test swabs actually caused the virus. Oh, of course. Yeah, or that's how it worked for me. the virus, I guess. Idiot. Yeah, nah, Maurizio. He refused to seek treatment in his native Mantua because the communists are there. Oh, my said. God. What a fucking moron. I'm not going to Mantua. That's where all those communists are. Oh but eventually he felt obliged to check in at the hospital in Verona. Enrico Polati, director of the ICU at the hospital in Verona, where Berardi was treated, told the news agency Answer he had arrived in desperate conditions. We did everything and a little bit more. You know, this is what health, health workers do. We did everything and a little more, but the disease was inexorable, he said. Barati stuck to his anti-vax views even after his health rapidly deteriorated and he was intubated, with one of his final comments being that he planned to seek asylum abroad to avoid getting vaccinated. You're always going to have plans. You're always yeah. going to have a plan. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, the rat who had probably infected 30 or more people, maybe... Well, maybe hundreds. Yeah. Finally acknowledged the existence of COVID-19 and a recorded update aired on the Talkback radio program, his last words being, I was diagnosed with bilateral pneumonia. It seems to be COVID. No shit, pal. Arrivederci, Maurizio. Ciao for now. Grazie, mamma, per i canigli. That means thank your mother for the rabbits. <laughs> and you got that in one take, which I'm very impressed with. Yeah, it's actually very good. And as one coffin closes, another opens. And as it creaks open, we see the face of Craggy Pete, Pete Evans. He's even craggier than ever. And he's had a huge week. He 
it has been a huge week of Pete Evans, with Pete joining a star-studded lineup for the anti-vaxxer event of the year, Voices for the Kids. Oh, the kids. being a number four, just the to kids. teach those kids some proper arithmetic. Yeah, it's an absolute yeah. fucking no, who's who it's, it's of got lying con men. Voices for the kids. Sorry. I, yeah, I absolutely. So it's an absolute who's who of lying common and peeled celebrities, and that includes <laughs> the utterly disgraced Eric Clapton, which is a pretty mm. big get, even if he is a... Awful, awful individual. Pro surfer and YouTube academic Kelly Slater and the incredibly disappointing High Times Magazine regular Woody Harrelson, who I didn't actually know was an anti-vaxxer. I don't know that he is. He's a bit weird. He's definitely a weirdo. Yeah, it's it's a bit bit unfortunate. The hosts are the incredibly unfunny JP Sears and the idiot behind the pandemic film, Mickey Willis. It just, it's going to be... Fucked. Yeah, it was a, a shit studded lineup. <laughs> but it's suspiciously big. You know, like yeah. you look at like something like that, like those sort of like those fake Coachella lineups, and you sort of think, hold on. I don't think Jimi Hendrix is playing. Like, you know, some of the Hendrix, uh, some of the anti-vax chops on this are very questionable. Harrelson, he was sharing weird 5G shit last year, but I even put him in Duck, Duck, Go. He doesn't seem to be an active anti-vaxxer no, either on my is. radar. I'm sure he's not. Lane Beachley, I mean, maybe yeah. she is like- She's enormous. Privately. She's totally, she seems fine. Why is she on there? So no. it turns out the guys at Parents of Questions had their template files hacked. Yes, Uh-oh. their words, not mine, because that- that's bullshit. So <laughs> the event is complete horseshit. It's completely made up. I couldn't find a link to it anywhere. I was trying to find it. Like I was pretty tempted to, you know, participate really. And now it all makes sense. But who the fuck would do that? Like I'm thinking them because no one hacks templates. You <laughs> fucking weirdos hack a template. You like it's just I've had, te- had my template hacked. Yeah, it's like it's such a like a thing like people who don't know how to use computers would say. It's like when like a like a, a politician likes porn on Twitter and they're like, oh, I've been hacked. It's like, no, yeah. no, you, you press and the heart button on And, and on template's porn. one of those words that's just overused by people who don't know how to use computers. Yeah, as well. 100%. Yeah. I mean, this entire thing just reeks of just. What have you done yeah. to my template? Yeah, it's great. So we know that anti-vaxxers lie. And yep. on the face, this is a fantastic publicity stunt because I hadn't heard of these creeps until now. You put out a poster which is going to spread like wildfire with your association name on it and a bunch of celebrities to hit your wagon to. And then, well, I mean, what? So just say you name certain people as anti-vaxxers. Is it defamatory? Maybe it is. But look, the, the law doesn't apply to us, right? Like, we're sweet. Don't mm. worry about it, you know? Look, we'll just, we won't consent. So... I mean, like, I wish I was kidding. It's probably how they fucking think. So once it does the rounds, your follower account goes up, people pay attention to you, and then you can start hitting them up for money. It's not beyond these people to do something like this. I mean, this is a stunt that is very well within the paradigm of lying anti-vaxxers to do as a shameless yeah. publicity stunt for their bullshit hobby project. So where's Pete and all this? Well, Pete hasn't mentioned anything on Telegram. And how do I know that? Well, you see, I looked. I actually looked through all of his posts over the <laughs> last few weeks. In your sick COVID-riddled state, I, you still managed to call I think it Pete. increased my viral load. I really do. It was such a cesspool of complete bullshit. He's such a crap person. He even did like a little shout-out to David Avocado Wolf. Thanks, David Avocado Wolf, for all the memes that make me laugh so much. I'm like, mate. You just have, you are not an original person. You don't have an original thought in your fucking brain. So nothing about the event. And I, I thought that was a bit mm-hmm. suspicious as well, you know. But, so we looked at it and, yeah, it's of course, it's bullshit. But they've got our attention. So let's go and have a look at them. You wanted our attention. Now we're looking at you. 
Parents of Question stinks of AstroTurf. The alarmingly high profile of the list meant that it was clearly could not be ignored because if they did have those gets, I mean, who are these people? I don't give a shit about their content, so I just went straight for the Who Is lookup. And for a very modest fee, you could actually hide your Who Is details, but these guys don't mind being found at all. Like, they publicly display their ABN at the bottom of the page. So Parents of Questions is run with is run by what would love do now limited now mm. i'm not gonna answer that question what would love do now just <laughs> fuck off i mean go back and stand in the circle what i will say is this group of flogs are a registered charity i mean this is anti-vaxxers with charity status yeah. so it looks like those donations are coming in and not getting taxed now on the what would love do now page we see a group raising money for farmers and spreading awareness of sustainable farming practices here's their pitch Quote, we are asking 1 million Aussies to give $50 to prevent the drought crisis repeating itself again and again. We want to smash the cycle once and for all. Join the campaign for really real change. This must be a hard sell at the moment. It is absolutely pissing down in yeah. Eastern Australia right yeah. now. We yeah. have La Nina. There are floods. There were floods in Victoria yesterday. There have been floods in Queensland. There have been floods in northern New South Wales. Yeah, the this must be a really hard sell, but just, that drought is just around the corner. Yes, but they've moved on to uh, vaccines now, which is great. So, look, I just find ah. this completely insane. So they're looking for $50 times $1 million, $50 million. Mm. You know what their plan is? Their plan is to basically write a few leaflets. So they call this whole thing the <laughs> give a 50 mate campaign where they just encourage people to just give a 50 to a mate. It's pretty give bold because it's 50 bucks. Give I mean, a 50. Like, it's not a 20. It's, it's a 50. It's, but give look, us a pineapple, know, mate. Give aim us a, high. Sling us a pineapple. So how are they helping farmers? Is This is the question. It's a 144-page book in apparently 86,000 farming families' mailboxes. Basically, it's telling them how to do their jobs. I mean, <laughs> telling them how to farm. They're just going to love that. They're just going to be so stoked. <laughs> it's full of regenerative farming practices, mm. apparently. I don't even know what the fuck that means. But if you think about it, like anti-vaxxers and farming practices, it's going to be some way out wacky shit. There will be some crazy shit there. I don't even know if this drought book actually got written. Uh, that would be the other thing. There's no PDF file that I can see on the webpage, you know. Oh, uh, God, it 160. Just, oh, it is the right number of pages by print. You'll, you Just as a, as a bit, of, uh, bit yeah. of a guide for those involved in the publishing industry, uh, uh, pages come uh, in terms of binding in uh, sets of 16. Ah. And so it does the maths checks out anyway. Oh, interesting, interesting. So these guys are also apparently behind a flyer that's been put in many letter boxes claiming that children are 50 times more likely to die from the COVID vaccine than from the virus, which is a quote from that fucking idiot, Dr. Michael Yeadon, the ex-Pfizer VP. I think he was a VP of marketing or something. I don't think he's a a doctor, is he? I'd say doctor on the flyer. I don't actually know. He could be a fucking osteopath as far as I know. But he's an anti-vax grifter and a piece of shit and a lying scumbag. So these guys actually managed to get on their pharma grift. They got partnerships with Telstra. Southern Cross University and the New South Wales government, among Fox. various others. Start to wonder, though, do they know that they're sponsoring an anti-vax uh, aligned organisation? Just just wondering. So yeah. that 50 mate that you give to a mate, mate, is going nowhere. Their highlights of 2020 on their official reporting is they had an event. They had the rollout of a curriculum, which is meaningless, which mm-hmm. apparently features a colouring book and an online magazine. 
That's, that's, bucks right that's there. not what you give $50 to farms for. You want them to get like a, I don't know, like a crate of eggs or some shit. So the entire thing is sketchy as fuck. And now they're just parents asking questions. New grift, right? Too much rain. Got to change fucking channels. Yeah, so right. This is the next grift in full strength. Like what kind of questions are they? Are there questions like how soon after COVID vaccination will my child die? Yeah. And how much money can you give us to convince people that put their children in harm's way? They're, they're, they're big questions, you know. But Pete loves asking questions. He does. So it's a matter of time before he joins their ranks and start hammering out some of those Pete bangers about child vaccination, German history, and German asking history. the real question, yeah, what yeah, would I'm love talking. do? What would love do, Pete? What would love do, mate? What would <laughs> love of, do? Peace and love from Pete. Ugh. And you're having listened to the Conditional Release Program with your hosts, Jack the Insider and Joel Hill. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. And if you've enjoyed our bullshit, throw us a five-star review on your podcast app. Jack can be found on Twitter on at Jack the Insider and Joel on at Crunchy Moses with a K. Set up a Facebook page. You can find fairly easily. Just search Conditional Release Program. Promoting a podcast is easiest than the done. We say this every week. Just share the episode. I'm not going to beg. I'm too tired. I'm yeah, just... look, uh, we're getting a lot of back and forth on the shitposting site, and we've had, yeah, I think we've good. had a few invaders too, haven't we, yeah, from the other have. side coming He's in. He's good. Oh, Rob Sudi scored this uh, Ryan Harder fucking flog. It was great. It was great. It was fantastic. Yeah, Rob, it was good fun. Well the Patreon done. is up and running, and we ask listeners to consider throwing a few dollars our way. For as little as five subs a week, you'll have access to all sorts of bonus content, and if you give us enough money, you can watch us record the damn show and we will have a patron uh, for next episode uh, this week obviously with Joel mm. having the plague and all we couldn't get it organised and we well. promised that if we reach a thousand patrons we will surgically attach the bell to Joel's neck to warn people that he either had COVID has COVID or is indeed COVID itself <laughs> once a plague rat always a plague rat people deserve to know but bells cost money and we need to pay the surgeon in Bitcoin and Marlboros. It's going to be expensive. So join up at patreon.com slash the conditional release program. And finally, all feedback, tips and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, even if it's simply to harass our children at school and casually threaten them with death if they are vaccinated. Idle hands really are the devil's work. See you later, listeners. Thanks, guys. He's going to pocket the Marlboros, I'm telling you right now, but it's fine. We still need the Bitcoin. <laughs> when See I saw you. the Marlboros come up, I actually had that little trigger, you know. I've got, <laughs> got a hankering. Got a hankering for a Marlboro right now. That's how they do it. That's how they do it. Yeah, See you, guys. Work. Worked on me for a long time. <laughs> Bless.